The Print Files, where we bring you the inside story on the printing industry by Print21, the people who know print. Good day, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of It's Been a Big Month in Print, the podcast for the print industry from The Print Files, where we dig deep into the big issues impacting the industry each month. I'm Wayne Robinson, editor of the Print21 Media Hub. And I'm Lindy Hewson, publisher of Print21 and of PKN Packaging News. Now, Wayne, print is a dynamic business, that's for sure, and June has seen no shortage of big news. Tell me what's been happening. Well, Lindy, a lot's been happening, as per normal in the print industry. Uh, the big news for the month that's just gone, or the month that's about to come, actually, July the 1st, print business owners, unfortunately, are facing some big raises in costs uh, that they can't get out of. There's going to be a 2.5% rise in the minimum wage, and some staff in print companies are on minimum wage, particularly those in the back end of the businesses. Uh, that minimum wage was uh, decided by the Fair Work Commission only two weeks ago, and they've kind of jumped it on everyone, uh, and it's got to be start to be paid from the 1st of July. At the set, on exactly the same date, print businesses are going to have to pay an extra half a percent to all staff on their superannuation. Uh, that rise will go from 9.5% to 10%, uh, and that's on, on everybody, and that's part of the government's plan to take it eventually over the next few years up to 12%. And then on the, exactly the same date, uh, the prices of paper, of board, of wide format media, uh, of label stock will all be going, and not by an insignificant number. Uh, spices are putting it up by 6% across the board. Ball and dog it by varying amounts according to the stock and the grade, but they will be the kind of average prices. So, unfortunately, the, the news as we end June and kick off July uh, isn't good for print businesses because they're faced with a raft of extra costs. So, yeah, we are all aware of the shipping crisis affecting many areas of our lives. And can print businesses accommodate those rises or will they have to pass them on? Well, uh, there won't be many print businesses that can accommodate those rises. I mean, paper, uh, for every 3% rise in paper, that's a 1% rise on the cost of a job. So, a 6% rise of paper takes off 2% of the, or adds on 2% to the cost straight away. The wages depends how many staff they've got on uh, minimum wage. Super, half a percent, depends on the wages, of course. But very few businesses will be able to accommodate all those costs. Uh, so, they'll need to be going out to their, to their customers and having some very open and honest conversations. As you said, Indeed, everybody knows that shipping is a huge issue these days. Uh, I was trying to get a part of my bike the other day and was told it was going to be four to six months uh, because of the shipping issue. coming, And that's only coming from Taiwan. Um, shows I don't have an Italian bike, actually. I should have kept that quiet. <laughs> um, but yeah, shipping is a big issue. But nonetheless, um, print businesses, yep, it's going to be a tough month as they have to reprice and recalibrate all their pricing and take those prices to market. Print businesses that are trying to accommodate it well, they will struggle to maintain a sustainable business uh, operation. Yeah, so I mean, we're going to have a lot of businesses under pressure, large and small. Print21 has been reporting extensively on the travails of the country's biggest printer over the past few months, and there have been major changes at the top this month. Tell us some more about that. Uh, yeah, Ovato is rapidly recalibrating. Um, it will go from a $1 billion business when the merger with IPMG took place only in 2017 down to half a billion dollars this year. That's uh, been going on as on a kind of downward trajectory. They've been hit really hard by COVID or were hit really hard by COVID, a 40% drop in sales uh, last year. The change at the top that you referred to, Lindy, the CEO for the past three and a half years, Kevin Slavin, has gone. 
Uh, his, been ta- his place has been taken by James Hannan, obviously part of the Hannan family, the major shareholders, who was the chief operating officer. And Craig Dunsford, a very well-known printer identity, former general manager of Offset Alpine, former CEO of IPMG, he's gone. Uh, six other staff members or se- senior execs have gone as well. Obviously, that's a whole swag of wages and salary that have gone from, uh, from the company. James Hannan has taken over the CEO's mantle already. He's already in the hot seat. Uh, Kevin Slavin's contract was due to expire in September. Uh, he's been CEO for since December 2017. Uh, he took over from Peter George when he had to leave due to a family emergency. Um, it's been a time uh, marked by severe turbulence, uh, Kevin Slavin's time at the top. Uh, and as I said, the company has become half the size it was. James Hannan, no stranger to print. He's been in the business for 18 years and since the uh, last seven years in senior roles. He played a key role in the recent restructures, which saw suppliers take a 50% haircut on invoices, saw Melbourne close down. Uh, and he's also leading the drive to divest non-core assets. Uh, and as part of that, Ovato is just about to go to an EGM, uh, an online meeting of their shareholders, and they're going to ask to sell uh, our media for $15 million uh, sell the retail distribution business, formerly Gordon & Gotch. Uh, they're going to sell it for $15 million to our media, which was formerly Bow, which is formerly ACP, uh, Kerry Packer's magazine business. And R will also take on the $27 million negative working capital. And R um, Ovato will also sell the marketing services business to Hannon, for nine, to the Hannon family for $9 million. Well, that's a lot of figures and changes and controversies. Now, Kevin Slavin has been in the top position for three and a half turbulent years. What do we make of his time at the helm? Yeah, when Kevin Slavin stepped into the CEO's chair, what was the newly merged PMP, a country's biggest printer, of course, three and a half years ago, the world was a different place. Pre-COVID, obviously, magazines and catalogs were booming along. And the newly merged billion-dollar company was setting its sights on growth based around investment in the latest printing technology. Uh, little could Kevin Slavin realize that uh, he would actually spend much of his time over the next three and a half years battling declines. Uh, left, right, and center, of course, as myriad forces battered the volumes of those magazines and catalogs and sent investors scurrying away from the company. Uh, Kevin Slavin's calm demeanor would prove more than useful. The merger itself took longer than expected, thanks to the ACCC, although it was well underway. But uh, as George resigned, the problems were emerging. Synergy savings fell below expectations. Labor costs were higher than expected. Contract renewals were proving more expensive. Uh, the share price, of course, dropped 31% on the day George left to 51 cents. And But since then, well, the share price has gone down by more than 99%. Uh, it's now worth less than a hundredth of what it was at 0.004 cents. Um, Ovato uh, isn't alone, as it, uh, Ovato, as it became two years ago, isn't alone. Um, it faced the same intense market dynamics as its multi-site heat set peers overseas, uh, and that has actually fared better. Uh, the two biggest US heat set printers had to merge to stay alive, and the UK's biggest heat set operation, Polestar, which many printers know here will know, uh, collapsed in an ungainly heap. Um, Ovato, though, has transitioned from a billion-dollar sales revenue business to, well, they'll struggle to make half of that this year. Uh, it's also gone from uh, profit, although they were slim, uh, to losses. Uh, 2018 saw a net loss of $44 million, $84 million the following year. Last year, $111 million. Um, as director, and, and it's all under Kevin Slavin, of course, as director and CEO, 
he's had to face and execute some very difficult decisions, most notably in that uh, Melbourne closure in Melbourne, loss of 300 jobs. And he faced criticism, although he's the executive officer, not the, well, but he is a director as well, uh, for the use of the government's Fair Employment Guarantee Scheme to pay out $17 million. It's kind of enslavement to those that know him and see him around. He's an affable fellow, uh, which is quite remarkable considering he spent most of his time under intense pressure at Ovato. Um, he's presented a logical case for the decisions he's made. Uh, he said that Ovato, what, uh, what's good for Ovato is good for the print industry. Uh, to his critics within the industry, he says that we Ovato spends more on um, trade services than any other printer. So Wayne, but what's the reason behind his departure? Well, Slayman's departure came as part of a plan, which will see a much slimmer Ovato. Um, his second business shareholder, R Media, has bought the old Gordon and Gotch retail business. Uh, Hannon Family Entity has bought the marketing services business. Melbourne's gone. There wouldn't be many betting against Brisbane going the same way. Uh, the company is not seeking an outside replacement as CEO with Ham- Hannon family sign James Hannon now stepping into the hot seat. Uh, he takes over a business operating in a different world. The Hannons, of course, have seen the value of their investment shrink rapidly since the merger, but smart investments in property will have eased their pain. They say there's never a dull moment in print. And as Kevin Slavin reflects back on his time at the top of the Vata, he would certainly concur with that. He must have wondered what new issue he's going to face coming into work each day. In a world of rapid change driven by IT, the communications sector is facing more change than most. Steering a gigantic ship through turbulent waters not going in the direction they've always gone and takes some doing. Kevin Slavin has uh, been the man at the top for all that time, three and a half years. He steered that ship and now he's able to uh, put his feet up and reflect on what's been a really intense period for him. Well, thanks for that in-depth analysis, Wayne. Ovato, of course, is mainly printing on iron, offset litho presses. Its catalogs business has struggled and so have its magazines. So what does this tell us about offset litho? Uh, yeah, just uh, last week, um, Heidelberger made a major announcement, a uh, brand new press, the uh, CX-104 B1 machine, aimed at multiple applications. Um, it's also uh, run on digital grounds in that uh, it's just like it operates like a smartphone with the control system there. Many, uh, many new functions and features to it. And you can go to the print21.com.au website to read all about that uh, new press. Well, that press is also going to have packaging applications, isn't it? So we'll be reading about that on the packagingnews.com.au as well, sister publication for Print21. Had to get my my (laughs) plug in there, um, Wayne. Um, Yeah, really good to see all the technology coming through that is integrated for industrial Internet of Things, um, for smart factories as well. So that's good to see. Of course, print businesses these days are moving well away from the old silo approach where they would only produce one type of print. Let's talk about Prima Printing in Melbourne. Uh, Yeah, Prima is a fascinating company. It only came into Australia five years ago. A part of a global operation, it started off printing promotional products, mugs, caps, that kind of thing, uh, and now it's growing and growing. Just uh, last year, it made the biggest order that Rico has seen possibly ever, eight, eight brand new Rico digital color presses they're putting down there in Melbourne, um, and now it has uh, just ordered two Cornet DTG director garment presses to enter the DTG market. Prima aims to work with a three-day workaround. So this is on your T-shirts, that kind of thing, uh, sports gear, uh, apparel of various types that uh, is printed on those Cornet machines. Three-day turnaround basically means that uh, a lot of the product that has previously been printed overseas, particularly in China, is now being onshored, as the terminology goes. 
all brought back to Australia because if you're a sporting club, for instance, you don't now need a six-week lead time on your sports club jerseys with the names and numbers on the back. It can be done in three days. And the business, Prima Printing, is part of the new generation of print businesses uh, that we've seen that all the print businesses struggle to recalibrate. This is one of the new generation of print businesses that are coming through. That It didn't exist here five years ago. Amen Amnon Judah, the managing director, says he, they have extensive plans to leverage our strengths and fill out the ANZ DTG market with Cornet as a strategic partner. So uh, Amnon is saying there that they, what they've learned in their five years, they're now going to really apply and really get to uh, become a major supplier of direct-to-garment product, which is in many ways a whole new market and a new market that print technology, that digital print technology uh, is enabling. And so we see all this as part of the evolution of print and uh, the business uh, there, Prima, is not alone in, uh, in making this move. Cornet machines are, are not cheap by any standard. You know, they're, they're heavy-duty industrial print systems. Uh, but we're seeing many smaller printers, for instance, buy a, a $20,000 or $50,000 Epsom or Rico T-shirt printer, your local quick copy a high street franchise can put those in and can be printing T-shirts and, and caps and other things pretty much straight away. Um, I was at the Gold Coast a year or so ago, and there was a guy on the street, on the main strip there, and that was all he was doing. People, Young people were coming in with pics of last night's party on their phones, downloading it straight to his straight to his computer. He was printing it straight onto the T-shirts, five T-shirts, $29.99 each. Thanks very much. For T-shirts, probably cost him a dollar. Ink cost him a dollar. He's paying off his machines. rent, But, you know, great business, and all day long, people are coming in. And that's kind of part of the evolution of print, the digital world is enabling printers to get into many new applications where there is money. Poetry in motion, Wayne. Poetry in print. <laughs> so another example of, uh, of a versatile business like this is Vistaprint, the giant online operation, which started in business cards and flyers and now has an extensive range, including DTG and promo print. Uh, yeah, Vistaprint, another company, didn't exist here a few years ago. Uh, in fact, Vistaprint is a fascinating story. It started off as a college project by a guy in America who thought, wonder what it would be like if we had uh, an online print business. This was 20 years ago. Now it's one of the biggest printers in the world with operations, plants in several plants. Uh, Vistaprint has a target market of what it calls micro-businesses. That's the guy that mows your lawns, that kind of thing, as well as the consumer market, wedding invitations that, and all that. It has its own design software online, so you can go on design and so on. Um, and this month it is... Uh, aggressively promoting itself. Anyone that goes online sees Vistaprint. Um, even more aggressive, it's offering a $15,000 cash prize to six uh, businesses. Um, all they have to do is not basically nominate themselves and they will, it will get a, they'll get a complete brand refresh courtesy of Vistaprint, complete set of print products and 15,000 bucks to put in the kitty. So great to see print businesses really getting on the front foot and getting themselves out there. Yeah, that's really some clever marketing. Now, I do want to talk about another print sector, wide format, and specifically its use of PVC for banners, polyvinyl chloride. Uh, PVC media is cheap, durable, readily available, and it holds its color really well, but it is ecologically problematic. However, it seems that action is finally being taken, Wayne. Uh, yeah, well, Greenpeace calls PVC the poison plastic. Uh, because from production to the end of its life, PVC releases a variety of toxic chemicals into the environment. Um, and as is the way with environmental toxins, these chemicals are building up. Our air, our water, our food change is serious stuff. Uh, because besides harming the environment, chemicals released can be directly injurious to our human health. However, Australia and New Zealand are signatories to something called the Basel Convention, 
And from July the 1st, the Basel Convention came into force. And this effectively means that PVC uh, manufacturing usage is now going to be heavily regulated. Uh, it's going to cost more because of those regulations. Because the issue with PVC, as I just mentioned, that is you can't get rid of it. You can't dispose of it. You can't burn it. You can't bury it. And whatever you do with it, it will continue to release toxins, which are helpful to us. So the writing is on the wall for PVC. But as you say, uh, PVC has been used extensively in print because of the, of the reasons that you gave there. However, uh, human beings being masters at adaptation uh, are working towards solutions to this. Um, you'll see a lot more fabric banners there rather than PVC, which have other advantages as well, not only in their recyclability, their disposability, but their ease of use to carry around and that kind of thing. Um, and then we're also seeing companies starting to come up with uh, polypropylene PVC alternatives, which have the same characteristics of being able to hold their color well, cheap, durable, last well outside, that kind of thing. Starleaton have got one with a, a Neshen product, Neshen being a German uh, manufacturer, easy.pp. And Spices, one of the big merchants here, has now just started uh, last month, June, bringing, or this month, that is, bringing in something called Cavalan, uh, which has uh, very similar products, very similar properties to PVC in its printability. Uh, but it's Spicer says superior environmental credentials designed for responsible end of life disposal, so it can safely be disposed of. Uh, so yeah, PVC it, ultimately it will go, and now we're kind of at the beginning of the transition period, and of course that's good to see. Yeah, that is really good to hear. Now, while we're on the subject of threats to our well-being, print has also been impacted by cyber attacks this month. Uh, yeah, cyber, we all know cyber attacks are an issue. Um, we heard about the big thing in America uh, with the uh, pipeline, uh, ransomware, that, that pipeline that took the fuel from um, Texas to New York, had to pay $4.5 million to get back online to the ransom company. And this is an issue for most companies, the latest one in the print industry, or the big one in the print industry, Fujifilm, gigantic Japanese corporation, uh, had to go offline for four days, completely offline, because it was subject to a ransomware attack. Uh, as it happened, it didn't, according to those in the know, pay a ransom. But nonetheless, it was offline. For print businesses, uh, their immediate thing was they had to um, phone through their orders for the plates, for the chemicals, for the inks, for the consumables, rather than just sending it through online as they normally do. They didn't suffer uh, any infection from that. But it does raise an issue because the reason they didn't suffer an issue is because the print businesses that use Fujifilm digital workflow, uh, that workflow isn't cloud enabled. So each print that has Fujifilm digital workflow, which is a lot of them, it's one of the big two or three, one of the big three with Kodak and with Heidelberg, is on their own server. So it's not cloud enabled. However, if it had been cloud enabled and had been infected, could have been a tricky issue. Print businesses are strongly advised to make sure that you really pay attention to your cyber world, that your internet is safe, is secure as it can be. I mean, Fujifilm can be hacked, anyone can. But make sure that you're paying it strong attention. In fact, and in the next issue, in the upcoming issue of the Print 21 magazine, July-August issue, we do have a piece by a cybersecurity expert who also has a strong printing background. But it's a warning to all of us, to all businesses, you really got to take it seriously because the hackers don't just go after the people and get $4.5 million from. They might get look at your company and think, right, they're good for $100,000. And for many print businesses, they're a million dollars. It's easier to pay them than to have, face the destruction of your business. Big issue. It is a big issue and it's scary stuff and it's something that we are hearing people talk more and more about um, on the pages of PKN, on the pages of Print21. Um, it's a topic that we're going to be addressing and I'm really hoping that businesses will start paying attention because the risk is enormous. 
And that wraps up. This has been a pretty big month in print, Wayne. Yeah, as always, Lindy. <laughs> There's never a dull moment in print, as they say. And can I remind everyone that we now have five episodes of the Print Files Leading in Print series on the Print21 News website and on your favorite podcast platforms. And the latest episode, Wayne Finkeldy, the CEO of AAB Holdings, which owns Pegasus Print and SOS Print and Media and a couple of other really interesting companies. Uh, it's a really candid and inspiring conversation with Wayne. So I'd encourage everyone who wants to, who is a leader in print or aspires to be a leader in the print industry to go and have a listen to Wayne's experience. It was certainly worth a listen with insight and inspiration for everyone that's leading in print. So everybody go to print21.com.au, listen to it there or download it from your favorite platform under the print files. But now it's time for us to say goodbye. That's it from me, Lindy Hewson. And it's goodbye from this episode of The Print Files from me, Wayne Robinson. We look forward to you joining us next time for It's Been a Big Month in Print. The Print Files podcast is produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of Print 21, owned and published by Yaffa Media. The views of the people featured on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of Print 21, Yaffa Media or the guest's employer. The contents are copyright by Yaffa Media. If you wish to use any of this podcast audio, please contact Print21 via their website, that's print21.com.au, or send an email to editor at print21.com.au. You can subscribe to The Print Files via your preferred platform and read all the latest news on the printing industry at print21.com.au. You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast.